Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello and welcome back, you guys. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for listening and joining us here on this fine winter day. I was going to say the actual day, but then I remembered we don't release it on the day we record. So <laughs> Yeah, that's not how this works, I guess. It's not. Um, we hope everyone's doing well and everyone's safe and healthy and having a good start to their week. Yes, definitely. Um, I know we are, and we just recorded a fun episode for Patreon, so if you want to go join us and have more content to listen to, just go over to patreon.com slash notsomollymormon, and we got some goodies over there for you, so <laughs> go check we it out. We do, indeed. Some funny stories, well, we think they're funny. You guys might not think they're funny, <laughs> but we laugh at ourselves quite often, so. I, I think we probably think we're the funniest, but it's okay. <laughs> um, I have some new patrons to announce and shout out Ooh. on the show, so Big hello and thanks to Samuel. Hi. Hello, Samuel. Thank you. Pamela. Hello. Pamela. Hello. Also, Pamela. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You can go. I was just going to say, Pamela sent us this message that she's been getting um, adverts targeted to her. And I don't know who was sponsoring it. It's about like Mormon, um, if you've experienced abuse with, I think, if I understand the adverts correctly, like within the Mormon church. So obviously it can't be LDS. Interesting. So I'm interested to know like more about that and if it's um, an organization that's trying to basically push back against the Mormon church. Um, but anyways, thank you for Pamela for sending that over because that's definitely something yeah. we would like to look into. I'll have to check that out. Um, next patron, I feel like your name is probably pronounced Vanessa, but if I am wrong... Please send a message and tell me I'm wrong. But thank you for joining us so much. Yes, thank you, Vanessa. And if we are not pronouncing your name correctly, please send an email to only Katie and bitch to her. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and last but not least, Hans. Also, I hope I got your name correct. Thank you so much. And we love all of you. Our our gratitude is immense. Thank you. It is. Welcome, Hans, and welcome everyone else who have joined and for your support. Um, it keeps the podcast running, so we huge, huge thank you. And as always, thanks for everyone else who listens and supports our podcast and jumps in when we have nasty little Mormon trolls named Karen on our post. <laughs> Fucking Karens, I tell ya. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay. Other than our, our, our patron name, Karen, you're the exception, my dear. Yeah, there are some everyone great else. exceptions, some great Karens in the world. But, nah, yeah. Okay, so I think we should just jump right into this, because this week we are going to be responding to an active member of the church who wrote to us, and... I was initially just going to respond myself or possibly make a mini episode where I responded, but the more I read this and the more I thought about it, I thought it was important that we both responded to this because I think it'll be good for active members and and non-members alike to hear the reasons for why we do what we do and to hear our response to an actual member. So Yeah, exactly. And I think 
it goes without saying, and, and I hope you guys would know this without us having to say it, but in case, in case this needs to be said, um, we are not responding to this in a malicious or nasty way, not at all. Like, in fact, the email was, is from um, an active Mormon, but it was done in a very, I think, personally respectful way. Like, this email wasn't sent to us in like a, oh, you no. guys are fucking no. ridiculous and you're, you know, bet, you know, why are you saying these things? It was actually like um, a well-written email that we wanted to take the time to respond to properly and with respect as well, but at the same time showcasing exactly what it is that we believe and why we even have this podcast and to answer and to address some of the, the points that were made. Yes, yes. So I figured I could just read read it and we'll pause and give our thoughts and responses occasionally throughout. So are you ready to just get started? I am ready. Okay. It starts off by saying, hi, I'm not coming here to argue or be rude in any way. I just had a few thoughts about your podcast. I understand that a lot of people get hurt by other people in the church and it causes them to have negative feelings and impressions of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. How are you? Want me to stop? Are you good? Sorry, I just had a little chuckle. Oh. Sorry, <laughs> writer. I'm, I'm not making fun of you. It's just the whole, you know, not saying Mormon church now. We have to say the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yeah, it's, so, I, 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 yeah. Okay, I guess we can address that a little bit. So, Sarah and I, as if you've been listening for any amount of time, you know that we still call the church the Mormon church, or we'll call members yeah. Mormons. And we're not doing that in a way to be like malicious or hateful it's honestly easier just to say the two syllables versus the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and and it's not a derogatory word i mean under the prophet thomas s monson it was pushed that you should be proud and say i am a mormon and have a social media campaign and put it on your profile picture that you are a Mormon, and Mormon was a prophet of God in the Book of Mormon, and it's so it's not a bad word, and we understand that your your current prophet wants to get away from it for many reasons that we have thoughts on, but we are still going to use the word Mormon, and um, I don't. Definitely. Yeah, it's just easier. Okay. Because and and maybe that's a point we can even make up, uh, bring up now is. You know, that's something that we have obviously discussed and, you know, don't agree with the fact that like this Mormon God can be so fickle um, that he tells one prophet, literally the prophet before the current one, that Mormons, you know, should be proud to be Mormon. They should do these social media campaigns that say hashtag I am Mormon. Um, you should tell everyone. And then the very next prophet, God is like, oh, just kidding. Um, that Mormon is no longer trending. So I, I want you guys to change it to the hashtag the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saint. Well, like, and for me, you, that's well, very problematic. <laughs> well, yeah. And when you Google um, Mormon, a lot of things that are from ex-members come up. So yeah. it's harder to, to find the material that's from an outside source if you Google the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's all... It's all quote unquote faith promoting. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Continuing on. However, what these 
what those people need to realize is that our church is filled with imperfect people. No one person on earth was, is perfect except for Jesus Christ. No one can base an entire church off of the actions of the people in it. The purpose of our church is to focus on Jesus Christ and learn from him, learn to become a better person, more forgiving, more loving, more humble, more truthful, etc. Okay, maybe we should pause there. Yeah. So it's interesting. I'm going to give my two cents and then Katie, you jump right in. But we get this response so often. And this is the, I would say the the most common response we get is that the reason we left the church is because someone offended us or because of the people. And Mm -hmm. that is so far from the truth. Like Katie and I, both talk about really shitty experiences we had with Mormons, but that didn't make me leave the church. I just assumed that that was how it was supposed to be. And that wasn't what pushed me to leave the church. What pushed me to leave the church was actually the core doctrine, which has nothing to do with the quote unquote people. um, But it is based off of Jesus Christ and his doctrine that has been passed down to prophets um, and their their teachings, that's what made me leave. Um, yes. Not people. So just right. to, to clarify I, I, that. I think, yeah, I think some a lot of times people are mistaken about why most people leave the church. And I don't think we've ever once claimed or even attempted to claim that we think that anyone is ever perfect. We, No one is perfect. And that includes, obviously, like you said, writer, you said that, you know, members of the church aren't perfect. And we agree. And I think that's why it does come up in conversation, negative experiences that we've had with members or leaders or whatever. But that's, that's just because that's human interaction that would happen in any workplace or any organization, any setting. That's not the reason that we have this podcast. That's not the reason that we left the church. I mean, yes, it's good to talk through some of those things, but that's mm-hmm. not um, that's not why we lost our faith. Our no. our loss of faith came from realizing that we were opposed to, like Sarah said, the core doctrines and the teachings that are harmful, and also and realizing the church history. Yes, the church history, and realizing that what the church claims is truth is not actually truth, and that realizing that what you're claiming, like, oh, it's centered around Jesus Christ, you also need to remember lots of people don't even believe in the same deity as you do. So yeah. um, there's a lot of problematic issues that I, it's kind of hard to sum up just in one response. But yeah, it's not about the the crappy things that have happened to us, but those are interesting to talk about. But it's more about, yeah, the actual, like, scriptures and doctrine and teachings and prophets. So Yeah, but I I think it's a common response because when you're a Mormon, you're taught that. Like, I was always taught that, too, that people leave because they got their feelings hurt or someone offended them and they just weren't strong enough. Um, Or, yeah, they were too weak and they just fell to temptation Um, and then they blamed others because of it and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, I, it's, it's the most common, um, I think anyways, in my experience that people say to me personally, but also on the podcast, it seems to be like, you know, someone hurt you and that's why, because I think it's just an easier 
way to justify and rationalize it if you're still an active Mormon that that makes sense. Like someone left because they were offended and they had their feelings hurt versus they left because there's something wrong with the core doctrine and history of this religion. Yeah. Like that would be a lot to comprehend and to have to think about and ponder. So instead, let's go down the route of like, oh, they were just offended. Exactly. And that's why. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. So this next sentence, a couple sentences, I think we're going to have to pause after as well. Uh, they write, it gives people hope and peace in mind to know that at the end of the day, the plan of salvation gives us strength for when a loved one passes away. We have the knowledge that we will see them again one day. So, yeah. I mean, we get it. Um, we both used to believe to believe this, and I clung to this for a really long time um, because it is comforting. Um but the truth is, is that, you know, you claim to have knowledge of this, but that's disingenuous because you can't know. No one knows what happens after we die. If we're all being mm-hmm. completely honest, no one knows. And that's uncomfortable. That's hard to sit with. But that's the truth. And the teaching that you will be with your family after you die is a way of keeping you believing this because otherwise you're it's too scary to think about that not being true and but it also is a way of othering people so if you're not in this plan of salvation if you lose your faith or if you're gay you don't get the same you know heaven as as the rest of your family and so it does have a lot of like fear doctrine and I know that it's comforting to believing members but it also is a way of keeping you in and keeping you not questioning because it is that yeah I think that's exactly exactly right and and this is one particular scenario that I think Katie you and I um, have had different I guess experiences with because when I left the church that wasn't ever really something I struggled with because I had already accepted it as a Mormon because my family they're not I mean my mom is but not my dad and most of my siblings so for me I had already accepted like well I'm not going to be sealed to them like it's just my mom but like you know, she's going to have to, like, end up with some other polygamous guy in the afterlife. <laughs> like, I'm not going to see, I'm not going to see my dad in the afterlife, you know, if I believe this Mormon religion. Most of my siblings, I want my my sisters-in-law, like, my nieces and nephews, my grandparents. Like, for me, it was just, like, this really sad part of the church that I had mm-hmm. to accept because even though they would say, like, oh, because my grandparents, both sides, have passed away, they would say, like, oh, you can do the work for the dead and they'll accept it in the afterlife or we hope they will. And it was kind of like, well, what if they don't? What if they're like, nah, like it was just was never comforting to me. And I just kind of always assumed that I would never be sealed to anyone except for my future eternal companion. (laughs) Like that's, that's what I assumed. I was like, ah, like I'll be sealed to the person I married to, but not anyone in my um, and like family beyond that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which that's... is a really sad thing when you think about it. Like it really bothered me. And I think that was one of the, I mean, there are several things I pushed deep down, but that was one that really kind of fucked with me a bit. Cause I always felt like 
I was I was never going to be worthy enough like other like quote unquote like um Molly Mormons, right? Who were blessed to have been born into a celestial or a um a covenant family, you know? Like I was like, I guess I'm just not good enough for that. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. And you know, I just wanna say to people who believe this, like it's it's I guess when you look at it surface level, like oh, we believe that through the plan of salvation, we can be together after we die. Okay, like, cool. But then you factor in so many circumstances like Sarah's where that just causes pain and heartache for people because they think, oh, well, that doesn't really apply to me and my whole family. And it's, yeah, it it is very, um, I don't don't know the right word to, to use, but it, it makes me feel sad for people who are just trying their best and the church is telling them like, oh, well, I don't know. I guess we'll see in the afterlife. Yeah. It's like, oh, that, that's that got to be bad for your mental health, I would think. And it's also really bad for your mental health in terms of like y- you put so much pressure on yourself to do the missionary work, right? Like right. I was always told, and especially at BYU constantly from – my bishops there and like the first and second counselor and like different guys I dated that like it all fell on my shoulders that because I was the the active one in the family and the most righteous quote unquote I was responsible to convert my family to the church and so I always just felt this like immense amount of pressure and it caused strains on like some of my family relationships because I just felt like I couldn't really have a real one because in the back of my mind, I was constantly thinking of how I could convert them and like how it was always an agenda. It was never like, I just go there and have a relationship with a family member. It was like, Oh, how do I like, how can I be a good example? How can I like bring up this one church topic so that I could talk about church with them and blah, blah, blah. And it makes me really like guilty now thinking that I wasted a lot of time with family members and like close friends of not trying, like trying so hard to convert them instead of to get to know them and to develop a relationship. <sighs> yeah. And that's not a burden that you should have to carry, but no. that's what you're taught you. And when you really believe it, you really want them to convert so that they can have these quote unquote blessings or Mm -hmm. this eternal salvation when that's not, that's not what, yeah, like you said, it's, you're not really connecting with those people. And if God truly was a loving, just God, I don't think he would care if people were baptized in a certain religion or did certain temple handshakes. Like he'd understand the, the, I don't know the intent of the person's heart, but that's not mm-hmm. how that's not how the doctrine goes as much as they like no. to. So. Okay. I'm sorry that some of the imperfect people of the church offended people and hurt them. I of course think that was rude as well and uncalled for, but that's where forgiveness comes in play. Jesus Christ was literally crucified and nails were put through his hands and feet and imperfect people whipped him and during that moment He forgave them for the things they did, for they knew not what they were doing. We need to learn to forgive people, even if they are ignorant. 
Once again, I understand the hurting and pain people feel for the things that another person said to them or did to them, but who better to turn to than the Lord himself and Christ, the man who has already felt all those pains in the Garden of Gethsemane. He understands what we go through. Uh, I'll just stop there. Um, that's, that's a lot. Okay. This, this, okay, I, I don't want to come off. I'm try, trying to compose myself. But this type of, uh, this stuff that you learn in the church, okay, not only is this toxic positivity, but this is basically letting abuse and abusers get away with it. Um, yeah, it's, it's extremely toxic and dismissive. It's pushing forgiveness when what really should be happening is people being held accountable. It's unhealthy, this this type of thinking. And it forgiveness just shouldn't be expected or given all the time. You don't have to forgive. And especially you don't have to forgive a church that has harmed thousands of people, if not more. And especially when like abuse comes into play here, I just... I totally disagree with that whole thing. And then that's not even to mention, like, I know this writer really believes in Jesus and brings up the whole thing of like, well, Jesus suffered this much. So, you know, you're okay kind of deal. And yeah, a lot of people don't even believe in Jesus, first of all. So that's problematic. But also someone suffering at you, you can't just say like Jesus suffered in the Garden of Gethsemane. So you're suffering you can forgive too. Uh, uh, it's it's very problematic. And again, to emphasize, we're not, you know, writer. We're not trying to come across as uh, dismissive of your points, but we are going to argue in the sense that it's it's just really toxic. Um, and I know I keep saying that because there's no other way I can think of to describe it. Um, and it's done a lot of damage for me personally of having that mentality of I just need to forgive and forget and having this pressure that I needed to forgive people and quickly like it you know there's a time limit on it as well it's not like the Mormon religion teaches you you know take the time you need to forgive it's like pressure that you need to forgive and the faster you do it and let go of those feelings the more righteous you are and because of that I have a lot of shit that I've worked through um, since the church of where I just let things go when I should not have. And I allowed mm-hmm. those people back into my life and close into my life. And it would happen multiple times. And it was just like, well, I got to forgive them. Like it's, you know, Christ had it harder. He died for our sins and he experienced the worst pain on earth. And if he can get through it and forgive people, then I have to. So it was like constantly downplaying my own struggles, which, you know, everyone has struggles and it's, it's not healthy to push them down and to just dismiss them and say like, you know what, you gotta learn to forgive and just let it go. That, no, that causes so many issues. And it's that type of, yeah, that mentality in that mentality causes oppression to flourish. Like you can get away, you know, imagine if, Everyone who was harmed, every person of color and black person and indigenous person was just told, oh, just move on, forgive, forget. Like, no, I'm sorry. 
fuck that. Sorry, person, I swore. But, like, I, <laughs> you can't just tell people, oh, someone hurt you or an institution hurt you or a nation hurt you or so-and-so hurt you. Just forgive. Jesus forgave. But, mm, no. We need justice and people to be held accountable for their actions and we need change mm-hmm. and that's not how it happens that's how people stay silent and that's not helpful exactly and demanding change is not the same as quote unquote holding a grudge like we're not saying like you know you should you know as individuals just brood and never ever forgive anyone in your life who has done you wrong. That's not the point. What we're saying is that with issues like this and so many issues that happen in the world that it's a very privileged thing to say, oh, just forgive them. Like it's just so easy. You just forgive them. Well, no, because that doesn't address the root problem. That's not cause, you know, it's not asking for change. It's not demanding change. And that's not saying that someone's bitter. They're holding a grudge. It's just saying like, there needs to be a change that happens and it needs yeah. to be, you know, you need to hold people accountable and responsible and not just simply say, yeah, yeah, you're, you're forgiven. I've let it go. Yeah, exactly. And I also, in the vein of what was said here, I just, I don't think it's particularly helpful to tell us to turn to a God that we don't believe in for yeah. healing. Like we, the reason we have this podcast, one of the reasons is that we can talk about these things with each other. We can read letters from people. We can talk about all the different topics and things in the church. And we realize that this is a very complex thing. It's not just like a singular experience that every ex-Mormon goes through. And, oh, if we just believed in Mormon God, we'd be better. But you can't just tell us to say, oh, turn to my deity and believe what I believe and then forgive and you'll be you'll be fine that's just not realistic or helpful in any way exactly yeah okay I'm continuing um and that's what our church is about turning to Jesus Christ in those times of trial or heartache in this talk I'm about to send you it gives a perfect explanation of this and at the bottom of the page There is a whole talk about a perfect church filled with imperfect people. So they sent a link to a BYU talk about it. Um, I know you were just sharing other people's negative experiences about members and the church, but what what about the positive things? Not everyone is like this. Maybe share the good things every once in a while because it's unfair that you're only showing one side of the story. Right. Um, And again, we're not criticizing the the writer because I I do believe this person is younger as well. So um, it's it's just interesting because that is oftentimes no matter what what the age is something that we get from active Mormons is this idea of like, it's not fair. You're only critiquing, you know, one side. You're only looking at one thing or you're taking things out of context and blah, blah, blah. But that's just simply not true. Like what has happened is that the Mormon church has just shown you your entire life one side. And so for you, that is the complete story and the only side. But when you actually leave the church and you do some research and realize like, oh shit, like there's a lot more to it. Then you understand that, that we were just looking at like a dime size piece of, of a story inside of this huge bucket, you know, and And now we're showing that side to people like you who are active Mormons 
um, to show that there's not just this one small side of the story that you quote is good. It's the entire picture that you need to see. Yeah. And there, there is some truth to the point that I guess we do focus mainly on like exposing the harm done by the church and the problematic stuff. But the reason we do that is because there doesn't need to be any more quote unquote faith promoting or positive material out there. Like the church has that covered and there are LDS bloggers and podcasters and YouTubers. Like there's so much content made by the actual church itself and by members, like, why would we have to incorporate that, especially when that hasn't been our true lived experience? I mean, and And, and that's not to say that we've never, we've had even episodes where we've said like, oh, we liked this about the Mormon culture, or we liked this about whatever, but like, just, we don't, (laughs) it's a silly request to say, oh, hey, why not share the positive parts? Because that's what you get all the time. That's what you get when you go to church. That's what you get what you get when you scroll through Facebook and you see all these hashtag give thanks and everything. Like, yeah, it's, it's, the only it's not like yeah. there's a it's not like there's a lack of that content. So yeah, it's, it's literally the only thing that you will get. And yeah, yeah. it's kind of like, would you tell other if you knew if you knew there was a group of people that had been victimized and they'd been victims of abuse of some kind, would you like go into their space and tell them, Hey, you guys, you just need to look at the good and stop talking about the people who harmed you. Or if you are going to talk about them, talk about the good things they did. It's like, so true though. (laughs) Why would we, why would we do that? That's not going to help anyone heal. No. Um, All right. They say, what about the Holy Ghost and the joys that do come from the church and people's miracles and amazing experiences they've had? Um, I mean, because we don't believe in any of that. I mean, I'm just going to keep it simple. First of all, we don't believe in the Holy Ghost. (laughs) We we used to believe that. Uh, We used to believe in that stuff, but we don't believe in the Holy Ghost. I don't believe in miracles. I think that anecdotal stories of that kind are interesting, but they are not proof of anything and um you can hear a lot of that kind of stuff just in general conference or in the enzyme if you want mm-hmm. to go read that stuff but we don't believe any of it's true that's why we don't cover it that's pretty simple yeah, and, and that quote-unquote feeling you get the burning in your bosom from the holy ghost that tells you it's true y'all it's so not true and that was something i struggled with when i first left thinking like but what about that feeling i have that feeling all the time whenever Biden just entered the office on inauguration day. I had that same feeling because it's not a feeling of the Holy Ghost. It's just a good, like overwhelming, positive feeling that you get from positive experience. Yes, it's a human emotion and an emotional experience that we all we all feel it, no matter what religion or lack thereof you are. It's not just the Holy Ghost reserved for Mormonism. It's an, a human emotion that we've developed and it's wonderful like I cried when Kamala Harris got sworn in because it's like I bawled <gasps> my eyes off a woman vice president and yeah I guess you know when I was Mormon I would have thought oh is that that's the Holy Ghost but no that's that overwhelming feeling of joy and gratitude and relief and whatever else exactly. and we all feel it but we, we it's not the Holy Ghost 
Sorry. It's not. It's not. Like that whole inauguration day, the guy was just like bawling my eyes out. When the young, you know, the amazing woman poet um, mm. gets, gets up there and recites her poem, I was bawling. I just felt all kind of positive, amazing feelings. And it's it's incredible. So I, I just think like, yeah, it's, it's not related to the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay. I understand that people have been offended by people in the church. However, are you any better by offending the people in the church that do not do these rude things and are kind to all people? <laughs> um, I, I think <laughs> we aren't trying to necessarily be quote unquote better. What I, I think you're kind of, I think this listener, this, this person who wrote in doesn't really understand the point here because the difference is, is we're pointing out problems and trying to make things safer and less harmful and make people feel less alone. Whereas the church itself systemically harms people. It's not just like there's been one or two bad apples. It's like the doctrine teaches that native Americans are cursed with dark Mm -hmm. skin and teaches the LGBTQ people aren't, you know, I guess going to be able to live a happy life here with someone that they love because they can't get married if they want to be in God's presence in the next life. Like, and it harms women. There's so much that it harms that we call out. So it's not like we're, we're doing this to try to offend Mormons. Actually, what we're trying to do is help them um, learn how they can get out of this if they so wish Uh because it hurt us and it's hurt lots of other people so I don't know really what that like are you any better kind of comment was but but I also think it's it's a problematic uh thing with religion and cults of not being able to make fun of yourself as well like (laughs) yeah you know like obviously Katie and I giggle all the time about some of the stuff that people say about us that I'm like you know that's pretty funny (laughs) <laughs> like, it, you know, other people would be like, that's offensive. That's rude. Like, I can't do that. And we're like, yeah, but you have to be able to laugh at yourself, too, and and laugh at some of the things that you believe in or else it's just like, OK, it, what kind of world is that? You know, there's there's a line. Obviously, there are some things that are just never acceptable to laugh about. But religion and cults like those are something that definitely like you should be able to to laugh at yeah. and to acknowledge that even if you're an active Mormon and and even when I was an active Mormon, I thought some of the stuff was funny because I'm like, yeah, that shit's weird. Like, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's true. So I'm going to laugh about it. And like, I get that this comes across as blasphemous because that's what you're taught. But, yeah. Like, for example, the last meme that we posted on Instagram, I it had something in reference to how silly and strange it sounds that the more, you know, Mormon church teaches that. God is an actual man with an actual body and lives on an actual planet near a star called Kolob and all that stuff. And we got a lot of pushback from from LDS members on that and people saying that it wasn't weird and, and, and whatever. But there was a commenter that kept hammering home this idea of why not just let people believe what they want? Like, why does that matter to you? Blah, blah, blah. And I want to say, just take the time to say here, is that if in a perfect world, people could just believe whatever they want. Fine. I don't care. But the problem is, is that beliefs 
inform actions. Mm -hmm. And when you're believing that a whole, a whole group of people like LGBTQ people, for example, are somehow wrong, that influences how you treat them. That influences how you vote. If you believe that, you know, all these things that your church teaches you, it, it, it influences, I guess, things in the real world. And it's not just like these beliefs are in a little bubble. They go out into the real world. And that's why we feel like it's important to call them out and kind of try to contain them because it affects everyone, whether or not you're in that religion or not. And we prefer to have things that are true and things that are, you know, promote equality for everybody and civil rights. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, <laughs> I, I mean, don't that's, it's such a good point. Like, as you said, your beliefs affect your mentality, your point of view, how you vote, how you interact with people, how you view people. Yeah. And we're not saying like, I, I don't give a fuck if you wanted to go out and you know, worship, worship, a, a cauliflower. I don't care. Like yeah, I don't care. If Whatever. you think it's a deity and you think that, you know, God came down with some plates and was like, Hey, cauliflower, write these plates. And you were like, <laughs> this is now celestial cauliflower. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, believe in that, do what you want to do. But until, but as soon as that, you know, celestial cauliflower is like, Oh, and now I'm saying that, the priesthood can only be given to white males. Okay, that's that becomes an issue. Right, or that's an issue now. That's yes. an issue. That's a mentality. That's a belief that is affecting the way you view human people, like humans, exactly. and 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 you know civil rights, and um, you know is how you view women and men and LGBT community. Like the moment that that mentality, that belief, that is now your basis in how you view things interacts and affects your decisions based on a person, a human being that differs from your belief, that's when I have an issue and differs in your belief in a negative way. Exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. That's when it becomes an issue. And that's why we have this podcast because that's what's happening in the Mormon church. Exactly that. I think I'll say, I think it happens in many religions, many churches, many cults, and it's, it's not just Mormonism, but we've said a bajillion times we focus on Mormonism because that's the church that we left. But yeah, bad ideas and and things that influence outside of just your belief, like that's when people need to call it out. So yeah, exactly. But also I want a t-shirt that says celestial cauliflower on it. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, you know that I'm A with a Brit and B always hungry and a foodie because I know we're having cauliflower cheese tomorrow. So that was like the thing that's on my brain. And so I'm like, yum, cauliflower cheese. I'm so still haven't made it, but it's on the list. Oh good. Okay, back to the letter. The people that hear your podcast only hear the negative, awful things that have happened. But when it comes to the core belief of the church, there is no negative. It's just the imperfect people in the church. And you might think that since everyone is imperfect in the church, well, the church must not be perfect either. I don't really understand that. But but we want imperfect people so they can come to the knowledge of Christ and strive to be better and try and try again to be good people and kind hearted like the rest of us are trying to do. I feel like just refers to last 30 minutes. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, we feel like being kind is good. Yes, be kind-hearted. Love it. We are totally with you. But like, yeah, like we've said, the core belief of your church is not positive. Um, it's not positive. I also need to point out, as hard as this is to hear, is that it's not based on truth or reality either. I mean, mm-hmm. Joseph Smith made it up. Like, I, I don't know how else to say that. I don't want to be a bitch, but like, it's it's facts. the core of it is racism, misogyny, homophobia, control, fear, and tithing. Um, yep. It, it, yeah. I mean, you're the book of Mormon erases the identity of native people. Um, the family proclamation totally, condemns and excludes gay people and trans people and their identity as human beings so and and enforces gender roles and yeah uh, it's just yeah so I I mean I guess they think more maybe active Mormons think that the core is good because it's kind of cloaked in this pretty dressing of be like Jesus and be kind and stuff but like if that's all you really want to believe then just just Take your Jesus belief and just go believe it and take your tithing money and donate it to a charity that actually does something like it's not just Jesus Christ. Like they always like to say so much more than that. Exactly. And also it's it's so infuriating that religions and especially Mormonism constantly has this point of like you should you know, we're striving to be better because we believe in Christ and, you know, we're kind hearted and we're trying to be good people. And it's like, well. Who's to say we're not as well? Like, wh- I know. How I know. how are we not defined as quote unquote good people or worthy or whatever because we don't believe in the same God as you? Like, we're still good people and we're still trying to be good people. Like, there's not, it doesn't just stop because we left the Mormon <laughs> church. It wasn't like I left the church and I was like, fuck everyone. And now <laughs> I'm, you know going to be the worst human being possible. Like, in fact, it was the opposite. It was because Katie and I really do want to see the best in everyone and we want a fair opportunity for everyone. And it's something that just didn't sit right with us in that religion. For me, it was too contradicting to say like, oh, we want to be a good person, but only, you know, our church only wants a certain select people to be good people and to have the full benefits of the church. I know. I, I I mean, like, not to toot my own horn or anything, but I feel like I've become a much kinder person since leaving the church. And I think also just with age, but I didn't really consider people that much. Or I thought maybe if I'm just, like, following these guidelines and paying my tithing and wearing modest clothing, like, it's okay if I gossip about people that are in my ward. And I, I've... Yeah, that's not kind. I definitely wasn't a very kind person growing up, but yeah, it, like you said, it does it doesn't just stop when you leave or change religions or whatever. You're if you're a good person, you're a good person. Exactly. And the other thing is too is it's not I feel like as a member of the church, this whole concept of trying to be a good person, that in and of itself is problematic because I always felt obligated to, oh, yes. to help and to be quote unquote charitable mm-hmm. and 
you know, I felt this like pressure of constantly like I need to do more service. I need to help this person. I need and I would feel so guilty if I just didn't have the mental capacity or physical or financial or in any way to like help a certain person or to do more. You know, of course, I'm always willing to help as much as I can. But sometimes it's you need to focus on yourself as well to make sure you're in a good place. And you would feel guilty in the church because of this like positive toxicity, right? Where like you're other people are struggling more than you. You just got to keep giving, 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 giving. And to the point where you're just exhausted and burned out or you feel guilty because you're not doing more or you just feel, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Most of the time that I, I did these service projects, it wasn't of my own good heart, right? <laughs> like in the church, it was because I was basically forced to do it. And now since leaving, it's such a, a relief, like I just this weight that was on my shoulders. And now when I do try to be a, you know, better person, a kinder person, it's because I'm choosing to, it's my choice. And I want to help people. It's not, yes. it's not because I feel forced or obligated yes, to do that's it. That's such a good point. Isn't that, it's so much more satisfactory to do those good deeds or whatever it might be of your own free will versus have it kind of be organized by a church. And if you don't participate, you feel guilty. It's so much more satisfactory to just do it yourself. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I hope you take the time to read this. I'm only 17. So if I misworded something, please try not to take it out of context. I don't know all things. I'm still learning and growing with each and every day. And I also know what it's like to feel targeted by people in the church and get hurt feelings. But I I chose to not let them win. And I was the bigger person by forgiving them and continuing to become more Christ-like. Um, so I think you worded this person. I think they worded everything super well. I wouldn't have known that they were 17. I think they did a great job um, and yeah. were very respectful. So thank you for that. And I think, I mean, it's commendable that you're trying to be the quote unquote bigger person. But also, like we said before, like, remember that that doesn't mean you need to be a doormat. You know, you you aren't yeah. required to forgive people that harm you. That's not a requirement. Yeah. Um, and you're allowed to criticize things. You're allowed to criticize your church and your anything, really. You're allowed to criticize it. So, yeah, it kind of like almost makes me feel bad that they said they've been hurt. But, oh, I just don't. I don't know. I just forgive anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not about being the, the bigger person. What we want to emphasize is it's about setting boundaries um, and that's something that you don't get in the Mormon church. So if someone has has harmed you, you can set that boundary and say, okay, you know what? Like, I don't need this person in my life. Um, yeah. I don't need to feel obligated to forgive them. I don't need to put this guilt and stress on myself to that I feel that I have to allow this person back into my life. I have to forgive them and let go. Like, no, that's, that's the thing that is missing in the Mormon church and with this whole concept of forgiving and, and pushing that down everyone's throat like you have to forgive you have to forgive no what you have to do is you have to set boundaries and respect yeah. yourself yeah that's what you need to do and if you boundaries. feel like it's okay to forgive someone and that's within the boundaries you've set then sure go for it if you feel like it's not then that's okay too that's why you have these boundaries and only you can set those boundaries yourself yeah mm-hmm okay 
Um, just a little bit more to go. Um, don't let those people affect your lives. They don't have that power, but you have the power to choose whether or not you're going to let it affect you and whether or not you're going to try and have a good attitude about it and have a greater perspective of things and try to be positive. Maybe, maybe that person needs you to teach them to be kinder. They are still learning after all. And although you have to go through the trial or struggle, you could be all the difference to them if you simply choose to forgive and help them to become a better person. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't, there's, I have a problem with this, like, you can choose how something affects you, because if it's something really small and petty, like a rude cashier at the grocery store, sure, you can brush it off, and you can choose, but when it comes to things like abuse, or hatred like hate crimes or racism or like anxiety inducing just constant doctrine being shoved at you you can't choose how that affects you that that creates trauma and you don't choose that that was put on you by someone else and by mainly by the church which then taught the person who abused you to do it so you can't just always constantly choose to be happy or choose to forgive or this, yeah, toxic positivity. It's n- not how things really work. And when you keep shoving things down like that, they're going to come out somehow. And that's somehow. what I wanted to, to emphasize. Yeah, it, this whole mentality of like you can you have the power to choose whether or not you're going to let it affect you. Unfortunately, that's where this whole concept in the Mormon religion and also in multiple religions and cults and organizations of just not dealing with things in society as well. You know, like you have to just, you know, brush it off, push it down, turn it off. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's just you just don't deal with it. You just forgive and let go. But that's that's the issue is that when you allow these traumas or experiences like this that actually do affect you and most of the time in a negative way when you allow them to just be pushed down and fester causes a lot of issues and a lot of things that you have to unfortunately deal with at some point it's not going to go away and it's the same to be said about a positive experience like why would it be opposite for a negative experience you don't take a positive experience and push it deep down or choose to not let it affect you. So obviously the same would be this, you know, for a negative experience. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's the end of the email, but I, um, I guess I just wanted to say that I, I understand that sometimes in our podcasts or on our posts on Instagram, we can kind of come off as like snarky. And I think part of that is it's poking fun and maybe letting out a little bit of steam at, an institution that has hurt us. And we try our best not to direct that um, at a particular person, unless it's like a leader, like a prophet, because like we mainly want to call out the church and the scriptures and the doctrine of it, that that core of it. So I think, yes, I, I, we have been offended by people in the church because I you can get offended by anyone in any organization, but the offense and the being offended isn't what makes us have this podcast or what caused us no. to leave. So that's my no. point to drive home. Exactly. That's a very 
shallow, superficial, just surface level, I think, reason that, and I'm not saying that this is what the the writer is, but I think in generically and in general speaking about um, members of the church who say like, oh, you guys just have this podcast because someone upset you and you're offended. That's just a very uh, quick response and, and justification. And that's not at all what our podcast is about. And people who listen and our supporters and listeners, we like to think that the messages we get from <laughs> you guys, and we know that they are, are sincere and that we have really helped quite a bit of people and obviously helped ourselves. Like this community we have built, like Katie and I have learned and grown and felt supported in so many ways. And I've helped it's helped us work through our issues from the church that aren't based on people offending us, but on actual core doctrines, like actual history, church history, and the manipulation and deceit that we've felt this entire time mm-hmm. um, and finding out the truth. Like this has helped us tremendously, and we know it's helped other people as well. So that's why we do this podcast, not because, you know, someone called us um, Chubby Spinster. Like, <laughs> I love it, you know, like I want a t-shirt that says Chubby Spinster. Like, I think it's great. Um, <laughs> so, so many clearly. t-shirt ideas. but <laughs> So many, so many. Yeah, but the point is, is, like, it's not because someone offended us. It's because we, you know, are doing what they said in the email. We're trying to be better people and to help others what we can. And yeah, if you take that, um, our memes or, you know, our Instagram account as us poking fun. Well, yeah, we are because we're trying to get through a lot of shit that we've gone through. Mm-hmm. And also it's just necessary in life to be able to take these, some of these situations and especially these profits, like it's fine. We can poke fun at them. They're fucking white old men. They, it's their turn. Okay. <laughs> like, it's their I think turn. They have money. They're okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So all right. Well, I hope that this was helpful and I enjoyed doing it. And yeah, we will be back next week with more for you. So, everyone stay safe and healthy. Wash your damn hands. And as always, we love you guys. Bye. Bye.